This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention the BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks, go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 51 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Kors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. And Jerry Gonzalez, A3, black belt, first degree. Welcome, Jerry. Jerry, just a little bit about Jerry. We knew Jerry from last year from camp. We're at Origin Immersion Jiu-Jitsu Camp again. He was part of the Cabin 5 crew. We kept that crew together. We're now the Nightingales. Not sure about that name, Phil. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Don't really know what it means, but uh, it is really cool. It's been like a giant, like reunion, like a summer camp thing. Yeah, you see your sure. friends again. It's yeah, awesome. For sure. And Jerry, you are the black belt instructor for uh, Wolfpack MMA in Forney. Yes, Texas. I'm, I'm the uh, co-owner and instructor owner um, in Forney, Texas. Yes, Wolfpack MMA. Excellent. Excellent. And Phil, you had the first question, right? So you traveled here with a bunch of your guys, which I think is awesome. We, yeah. we recruited Landon so far, I think with his help, we'll give you more people next year. Yeah. So we just wanted to know of the people who came down, which one's your favorite? <laughs> Out of everybody I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm just totally kidding. But go ahead and write it down. Cause they can't. Oh, I'll, I'll <laughs> slip it to you. On yeah. a piece of paper. <laughs> but no, that's, that's so cool that they, they came down and, uh, do you guys kind of like go back over what, what you did oh, talk yeah, about absolutely. this stuff a lot? Uh, I've been, this is my fourth or fifth camp. I can't quite remember, but I'm still going back from the, to the very first camp and reviewing notes and videos and, and things, uh, you know, cause we're always learning, you know, I, I always tell my students, um, you know, jujitsu doesn't end that black belt. You're just starting a whole nother chapter. And what I did was I went back and reviewed all the basics, the fundamentals, you know, and, uh, started all over again and that's what's good about this camp i mean because you can just because i'm i'm in the brown and black belt group i could easily go sit in and watch the white belts and the purple belts and blue belts and and pick up little little things um they do such a good job here man i i really love coming here it's it's definitely a great experience and i get to meet guys and build long-lasting friendships relationships you know we're just talking about both two of the things you said about um, talking with Nicole and she was talking about how everybody comes here and you just create these friendships and they're a little bit different when it's a jiu-jitsu friendship. Yeah, yeah. And then also we were doing, uh, I think two days ago, Alexi was doing a De La Hiva sweep mm-hmm. and there was another black belt, I don't, I don't remember his name right now, but he was talking about just the details that he puts in to his 
uh, instruction. He's like, that's worth the whole week right there. He's like, I, yeah. I do daily Hiva stuff already. That is something I'm missing. And that detail unlocks it. And he's a black belt. And it's so it's interesting for us, you know, because there's so many different levels that we're always, you know, realizing new levels. Um, and then seeing that from people who seem, I can't comprehend like how much you know at this point, you know, it's cool right. to see. Right. Well, you know, like I said, uh, I, I use that example. We were just talking about it at dinner time. Uh, you saw Brian, one of my new guys that came in, he's mid session guy. And, and I said, man, you know, everything we've covered, like with the black belts and the brown belts are things that I like to do, but just a little tweak on something. I'm like, I love it that much more, you know? Yeah. It's always learning. And what, what I find interesting and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I'm sure that by coming to this camp, you, ha you see different teaching methods. Cause I know that whenever we see something, our professor, John Plyler, he has every detail all the time, you know, but we're not ready to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Whenever sometimes uh, until we've seen it 10, 12, 15, right. 20 right. times, whatever it is. But do you take what what have you taken away from some of the styles of some of the black belt uh, professors, teachers here at the camp? You know, they all have such different personalities, but also so many similarities, um, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's a great, it's a great question. Thank you. I don't even know how to answer that yeah. really. But, um, you know, I, like, I like, I've had Alexei down at my gym because, uh, I came from a, my first jujitsu school was a Delaheva based school. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's one of those things. I'm not a, I'm not a guard player per se, but I always tell my students, you know, even though I don't like to pull guard and play guard, I make myself do it because that way, if I go against somebody, that that does it i know how to counter it and react to it and so like just like the way he you know the way he explains everything just a little again little minute details that i thought maybe i didn't know or i didn't know um he's just so good at it uh hoffa i like hoffa because hoffa brings that that um that little bit of a, a comedy to it which makes you focus more you you get you get someone who's dull and and, and you may have had an instructor here or there it's like you don't listen to them as much, but it seems like everybody here has such a good vibe, you know? That's an interesting point because Hoffa, like every time he talks, you're paying attention. Yeah, you will pay attention to Hoffa because he, he just, he, he engages you, you know, with his personality. Yeah. You know, and they all do, but they all do it in different ways, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that, that um, you know, learning and doing jujitsu should be fun and, yeah. and, in introducing that into uh, their teaching style, I think that's that's super important. One of the one of the reasons I love coming here. So, yeah, it's it's a great place, man. And and I, I I try to get my I try to get as many of my students as I can. And I'm glad I got what five, four, five here. Maybe next year I'll have six or seven. You know. No, that's incredible. I, I think it is something. I think that just doing jujitsu outside of your home gym anywhere. Mm -hmm is is a great way to see jujitsu because like you say you might not be a guard player but you want to learn that guard absolutely you know and and same thing whenever you go to another school phil and i've been lucky enough to travel around and go to many jujitsu academies and and it's always interesting to see what they're playing and learn from them right right and so jerry um if you're looking back and you look at your white belt self and you were able to go back in time Oof. 
Yeah. That's a long, how long ago was that? That was 15, at least 15 years, at least 15 yeah, years least ago, 15, probably 16. Right. What, what would you tell yourself on your jujitsu journey that would, that you think would help along the way? Another excellent question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, I have a, I came from a wrestling background. Mm-hmm. I also did Taekwondo as a kid, like most people from my generation did Taekwondo. And, um, you know, I, I was always that person that I, I like finishing what I start. Sure. You know? Um, what I would, what I would tell myself is, you know, it's, man, it's, I don't even know how to answer that. Man, you're stumping me. You're stumping me all these questions. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. Question. Um, you know, at first when I got into it, it was about, you know, getting in shape and, and, uh, same here. And, uh, you know, it was very frustrating for a little while. There was a point in time where uh, I was so frustrated that I almost did quit jujitsu. But it was a lot of it was based on the environment I was training in, you know, and uh, I it get to the point where I would be on my way to class and I'd almost turn around and go back home. Uh, but now I look at it and like I have a daughter who does jujitsu and she took a little bit of a break and. I never force her to do anything. I always tell people, come here, you know, come to my school, have fun. My jujitsu is not going to be your jujitsu. So when I show you something, you may have to, you know, because I always get that, well, do, can I do this? Can I? Absolutely. You do whatever you want, as long as it works for you. I'm giving you what works for me, and you take it and you tweak it. So, um, I mean, what, like I said, what I tell myself is uh, it gets better. For sure, you know, because it is, it is frustrating coming from a wrestling background. You never want to be on your back, and I found myself getting choked out by everybody and getting so frustrated. And then, like all of a sudden, the light clicked on one day, and it was it was like ah, it was an aha moment. And I get some of my students; they go, "Man, coach or professor, you know, I uh, I just can't seem to get this. What's going on? It's a process. It takes time. You know, Phil may Phil may pick up a technique." One or two after one or two tries. No, he he won't. Oh, he won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I tell him, you know, it's don't get frustrated with it. If I can go back, I say, listen, don't get frustrated with it. It's a process. It takes time. Enjoy the journey, because it is such a journey well worth taking. I think that's great advice. I mean, uh, and it's funny, you know, we had a, a eight black belt episode, and. How many of them said have fun? I know Trey Pace was one of them that said have fun. And that was one of his things that he said was most important to have fun. Absolutely. You know, like my kids, my kids program, uh, the kids, they have to have fun. You want kids. I, you know, having a school and everything, you're going to, you're going to lose people. You're going to have that revolving door. Yeah. And I know sometimes I shouldn't take it hard, but I do because I want everyone that comes through my door to finish that journey because I want them to feel what I felt when I got handed my black belt. You know, it was the best feeling in the world. You know, uh, it goes on there with meeting my wife, getting married and having my kids. It's literally one of those top feelings, you know, um, and to share it with my, when my wife and kids walked in, it was a surprise. And I saw my wife and kids walk in and my hands were shaking. Cause I, at that time, now I kind of had an idea, well, why is my wife and kids walking? And I realized what was happening, you know? And I want, I want you to have that experience. I want Phil to have that experience. And I want my daughter and, 
and everyone else who comes to but you know you have to you have to uh, understand that it's you get these people that they want to learn it fast they want that that quick quick fix and it's not like that for everybody just enjoy the journey take your time don't be in a rush because it, it will go by fast it may not seem like it at the time but it will go by fast yeah and uh i don't know if you saw that um tom de blast video whenever he talks about his students leaving them it was i think it was in particular the bluebells leaving mm -hmm. uh -huh. and he was in his car recording it and he said it breaks my heart yeah it breaks my heart that you're not going to realize your potential yeah absolutely and I, I think that's so powerful and i think it's important for everybody out there that's listening to understand that your coach, your professor has a vested interest in your well-being. Absolutely. And that's all they're interested in. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. And John Plyler, our professor, mm -hmm. last time he was talking on talking with us, he said something similar. And he's like, it frustrates him when people leave because, and I'm sure we don't either yet, but he's like, they, you don't know what you're quitting yet. Like, you yeah. don't even understand it yet. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to be Especially missing when it's someone who's who's doing really well you know i i just lost a kid who was doing really well he, he had started competing and and, and competition is not you know sure. i don't force yeah. competition on anybody my, sure. my my kids want to compete they compete my adults want to compete great i'm there for you 100 percent um but this kid was doing really well and the dad came to me and says you know he's just not passionate about it and i go he's seven years old and he goes well I'm going to put him in football. And I'm like, hey, listen, you're his father. As much as it breaks my heart for him, to, for me to see him go, because I see potential in him, you're his father, ultimately you're going to make the decision. He goes, well, maybe I'll bring him back in six months to a year. Do you imagine, I mean, I know when I take time off, mm. what I forget. I Now imagine a kid now who, who was literally getting ready to get promoted here within, what, a couple weeks? You're taking that away from him. To put them in football. Hey, listen, if you want to put your kids in football, baseball, basketball, whatever, that's great. I, I think that's important. But, you know, it just it broke my heart to see that kid go. And no, I, I get it. I get it. And we have that, too. Uh, Phil and I, I help coach the kids. And, you know, we see so it. rewarding. It, it is so rewarding. And also, you see the kid who can barely stare at their shoes, much less look at you in the eye, come in brand new. And then after three, four weeks, a month, two months, they're outgoing. They're talking to everyone in class. Right. They're looking at you. They have confidence. It's such it's such an incredible, you know, I, I always say it, and then I kind of recanted on that this statement uh, before, but I always say it would have been great to have jiu-jitsu then to see what it was like. But then again, I don't know if I would have been as passionate about it then as I am now. Yeah. You know? That's true. I mean, like I said, growing up, I never, we never heard of jujitsu. I didn't know of jujitsu until I was home on leave from the military and there was a pay per view in 93. Yeah, that's the 91st. That, uh, the first, very first UFC. Yep. And I remember watching and I'm like, oh man, that big dude's gonna, that big dude's gonna smash that dude. And I'm like, no way. No way. And then for a little while, I, I was actually really dead set against jujitsu. I thought it was all a bunch of BS. And, and wow that's funny yeah i did i was like there's no way that guy beat that guy there's no way it was all staged it was fixed and then um how i got into it was um 
my buddies from the PD, you know, I was a sheriff's on the sheriff's department. I had had surgery and I was down for like six months, gained a ton of weight, sitting around eating, eating and not working out. And my buddies were like, Hey, we're starting this, uh, we're starting this basement dojo, if you want to call it. Right. And I go, okay, what do you want from me? Well, come on down. We're going to do jujitsu. I go, no, I'm not doing jujitsu. That's a bunch of BS. And they're like, well, you do stand up. Why don't you, why don't you show us some stand up? I'll get around to it. And they would bug me every week. So finally they got, they got me to come on a Sunday night, uh, before work. Cause I used to work the midnight shift. Sure. And, uh, they get me in there and it's a couple of my PD buddies and some guys I'd never seen before. And, uh, there was these two twin brothers from Oklahoma. Okay. Wrestlers. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. But they were small guys. They were not even, they were like smaller than Phil. Okay. That's tiny. There's nobody smaller yeah, no, than Phil. Was there. <laughs> and, uh, I swear to God, these two guys took turn. I think when I wasn't looking, they were tagging each other in <laughs> and beating the living tar out of me. And I remember getting up, walking outside, throwing up, coming back, getting beat up again, throwing up. And then I walked, I got home that night and I threw my gym bag and my wife's like, what's your problem? I go, what happened to me tonight will never happen again. And then I focused all my, my training on jujitsu. I mean, I started watching, we had VHS tapes. Sure. Right? Yeah. You, Cause you could rent them at Blockbuster. I used yeah. to rent them at Blockbuster, the old uh, UFC fights. It's yeah. hilarious. And you know what, to, to, to that end, um, there was people that were saying it was BS and I was like, no way that guy's a stud. You know, I was yeah. like, I was like, hoist crazy. I was a super, super fan. Yeah. Uh, back I was the complete, I, I was the complete yeah. opposite. I was like, there's no way that little skinny dude is going to beat that guy. Yeah. You know, and it, but, uh, but it changed me. Uh, and actually it's funny because there was like 10 of us and every Sunday and every Thursday we'd go train at my friend Matt's house. And, uh, out of the 10 of us, two of us finished, actually went and joined official schools and finished the journey and got our black belts. The rest just kind of faded off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that of 10 that's of you, two, 20%, that's a pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Cause what now, uh, Two percent of all people who start jujitsu get their black belt. I think. Yeah, it's it's a low one or two percent. Yeah, something it's a like low that. percentage. But I, I like know. to make up numbers sometimes. But I think I did read that at one point in time. <laughs> no, I think I think you are pretty accurate on that. On that. That's incredible, yeah. man. And and so what was that like? Ninety four, ninety five. Was that, that? No, no. That was believe it or not. That was um, two thousand three. 2003, 2003 yep. 2004 give or take um yeah and that was that was my journey into jujitsu i got beat up by two twin brothers who i think like i said when they had me pinned to the ground and i couldn't look because i was breathing praying to god with my eyes closed <laughs> and they were tag teaming each other in and, and beating the tar out of me that's my, that's how i got that's, that's how i got into jiu-jitsu. now did either one of them uh reach black belt no no, no. they didn't no my good friend ah. uh my good friend who was on the police department with me uh frank dupe him and i we finished our journeys. Well, That's, didn't finish our. We're not finished, right? Sure, we, yeah, of we, course. We made it to that part of our journey. Uh, the rest of them, they just kind of faded off. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, well, you've had longevity then. 2003, that's a lot of years of training. Yeah. Um, what do you think 
can help people with longevity and training. You know, it's not, it's not like the old days of going in and just beating the hell out of each other. That's not how things are structured now. Right. You know, which is a good thing, I believe. Well, one thing I, one thing I do at my school, uh, when I get a new person, I always ask them, do you have any grappling experience, any boxing, any martial arts experience at all? Uh, and I always kind of, uh, and I, it may not be popular, but when they first, I introduced them to all my, my high ranks, you know, Hey, this is, this is, and, uh, my guys, they take them in, they welcome them in. I have a very good group of guys, a great group of guys. And they, they all introduce themselves, welcome each other. In. But one thing I don't, one thing I don't do is I don't let anybody roll until like the third class. Oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I mean, right. it was for us, it's 10 classes, right? Uh, some guys like. I know, man, they want to roll right away. No, no, you kind of get, kind of sit there and watch and learn a little bit. Uh, so I figured third by third, because I don't want them to feel like they're being excluded, right? And I personally think 10 is a good number, but I keep it right around three. Um, what I tell the, I tell a lot of these guys, especially because my gym is a lot of older guys. You know, I'm 48. A lot of my, I've got that uh, 40 through 45 demographic for the most part. Sure. I tell them, hey guys, pace yourself. Don't kill each other every round. I go take it from someone who's got been around for a while, and I've had a lot of injuries. I've had shoulder surgery, foot surgery, uh, you know, multiple things here and there. If you wanna, if you want to, especially for the older guy, if you want to continue, you have to know your limitations. We're not 21 years old, 22 years old, and I do have some young guys that go in there and they wanna, you know, beat the living crap out of each other, but. I tell everybody, I tell everybody, pace yourself. You know, if you're hurt, don't, don't, don't feel like you're obligated to roll. There's no, we're not winning championships here. There is no Wolfpack MMA championship medal at the end of class. Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. You know, uh, that's really, you know, how I go about it. Yeah. And um, on those, whenever you do get those new white belts, they have their third class. Do you pair them with the upper belts? Usually? Yeah, they're only allowed to roll. My my blue belts are above. Yeah, because the other yeah, other white belts, white belts yeah. is like fresh meat. You yeah, know? yeah. They're yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, they get this. They got to rub their hands, <laughs> salivate in the mouth and everything. So, yeah. No, I only make, I make sure that I tell all my guys, I tell my instructors, and I tell them, you, you can roll, but you can roll with any of my, my color belts. And my color belts already know, hey, all right, I'm going to work with this guy. You know, no, of course. Something. No, of course. And, and you know what, too? I think there's some value in that. And I'll just give you a preface to this comment. And that is that I was a spazzy white belt, mm-hmm. right? I, was, uh, I wrestled for a number of years. I was 310 pounds when I started. Mm-hmm. And I had two minutes of fury, <laughs> right. you know, and, and I would roll and then, you know, I, and I don't know, it might've been a wink or a nod or something, but one of our upper belts now Ryan Leggett, who's a black belt mm-hmm. just absolutely wore me out one day. And I was like, Oh, I get it. Now I get it. Now I get what they're saying is you, you, and since that day, I, you know, I've always been very calm with that and, and tried to help those new people that come in the door to be the same, because it's tough, man. It's tough when you're being physically dominated by another person who's, who's by the way, you know, a hundred pounds or 50 pounds lighter than you. Well, think think of it this way. Imagine being that, I mean, you come from a wrestling background, so you know, competition. 
I'm, I'm not sure if no, no. Phil, you, uh, so, but think about it when you first, if you're that person who, and I, I've actually had this, for, uh, walking in, you've got no martial arts experience, no grappling experience at all. And you're walking into a gym and you know, it's, it's an intimidating thing, you know? So I try to make sure that everybody feels welcome, you know, and, and feel free to ask any questions, you know, I just, we, we try to be a big family, you know, and, uh, but it is, it's intimidating. I've had, I've had people literally walk in the door and then turn around and walk right out. I go, yeah. Did, I asked, did you know that person? And they're like, no, I don't know who that was. And it was because they were intimidated. They, they got, they walk in there they see all the punching bags. They see all the, these big burly guys and geese and, uh, you know, it, it can be daunting, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I try to make sure everybody feels welcome and at home. That's, yeah. That's part of the reason I didn't roll for a couple months because I was like, this is cool. I like it. I, I get, I think it works, but like, I can't make it work. I have no idea what's going on. You know, I didn't understand at the time rolling is how you learn, you know, Absolutely. a big part, but you know, I, yeah, it was especially being smaller. I was like, yeah, I, I, there's no need for me to jump in yet. Let me try to figure some stuff out. But now I try to let people know ahead of time. Like, I know exactly what you're thinking, but nobody's gonna kill you. Right. Until I shamed him into rolling. He shamed me into rolling. It worked <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Eventually, it worked. Yeah. Um, so, so Jerry, the the one question I've got a couple questions like this, and and they're they're pretty open ended, but. What I'd like to know is what's the best advice you've ever received from anyone in jiu-jitsu? And, hey, it might not even be, you know, a black belt. It might be somebody that's, that's new and gave you a different perspective on something or, or, or anything like that. But what's the best advice you've ever received with regards to jiu-jitsu? Well, um, my current professor, he, uh, I, started, I started with one school. It was a... And I like, I actually tell my students, you know, I almost quit jujitsu. Like I said earlier, I almost quit jujitsu because I would, I, it was a very toxic training environment. And, um, my buddy, he was a purple belt. I was a blue belt at the time. And he's like, man, you know what? I, I, this guy, we were not happy with our instructor and he started losing people left and right. And my buddy says, Hey, let's go talk to, uh, Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson was, uh, was a guy who was another black belt, uh, in our area. And, uh, he let us, he welcomed us in with open arms. He said, you guys are welcome to come train here. And obviously, you know, he rolled with me and everything. And he says, you know, you have got great defense. He says, but that's all you're doing. And he goes, and you're spending all your time defending. He goes, Hey, how about you get caught in something? You fight it for a minute or two tap reassess and start over he says because you're wasting all your time defending that you're not attacking you're not doing this you're not doing that and i thought about it. i said yeah that makes a whole lot of sense and literally from that point on like if you caught me in a triangle i mean i'd fight it for five ten seconds but i'm like well why fight it for a minute we're just we're just training right how about learning how you got put in that triangle tapping and letting it go and make not making the same mistake twice so to me that was the best advice he says man allow yourself to be submitted i know sometimes and that's hard right that's hard they say we always say leave your ego at the door but let's face it we're men we're we we've you know we got testosterone we want to win all the time 
But literally, that is what really turned my jujitsu around. Yeah, no, I I think that's a super valuable lesson. And also, you know, that minute you spent fighting it, you could have asked that upper belt and said, hey, what did I do wrong there? Right, exactly. Like tap early. What did I do wrong there? Show me this and not do it again. Right. I think that's super valuable advice. I want to go back to. Yeah, um, I think I might have the same question. Go, Phil. All go. right, because you had talked about and like in our academy, it's a really big deal culture. Mm-hmm. And that's something um, we talked a little bit about like James and AJ and didn't really get as deep as we'd like to. What are some of the things that were happening and, or maybe a better way to ask it, what are some of the things that you try to do to promote the culture to be what it, you think it should be? And also before you answer that, I would like to know, um, you know, a, what made that environment toxic B how long did you stay in that environment and what would you suggest to others that are in that environment? Because I, I've literally, we had this conversation like a week or two ago, Mm -hmm. there was an article posted that was like five, uh, you know, signs your academy is toxic and you shouldn't train it. And I'm like reading it and I'm like, like, this can't even be real. I'm like, this is dumb. And he's like, there's, there has to be places like that or else this wouldn't be posted and people don't you know you're just ignorant i literally walked into the first place that showed up on google signed up for a year you know so i get looking at it thinking about a little more you could go into the wrong one right well you know kind of a little back step here real quick and it's going to lead right into where i'm going with with your question sure i actually started jujitsu with patrick robinson who was my current professor who awarded me my black belt and um but the problem was is that uh, a lot of my friends were at this other location and Patrick was a little bit farther for me to go. So I left and I, I followed the pack, right? And it was good at first, but he was very big on competition, competition, competition. And I get that some schools, sure. like, some goals, that's what they do. Right. But it wasn't just competition. It, it, every, there was no such thing as a, as a, as a practice class when you rolled it was competition and it was almost like if you didn't beat everybody he the professor would look at you and just kind of nod his head like i'll give you an example so we were doing i was a blue belt and we were doing white belt testing and he goes jerry go with this white belt so i go with the white belt so so he can drill you know practice and he got mad because i was allowing him to do the techniques that he was needing to do to pass he was mad. He's like furious with me. You shouldn't have let him do that. Well, that's what he needed to pass. I was helping him, right? He did the technique correct. Why am I going to fight it? And oh, that was fur- he was furious. And he was one that if you competed, you didn't not only have to compete, you had to win or else you were not going to get promoted. But coming from a guy who only competed one time and lost, but yeah, he put that that standard. It seems crazy. It is crazy, right? But Patrick, when I went, when we went to go see Patrick, my friend Jim and I, he says, and Patrick is a Pan Am champion, world champion. Uh, he's traveled internationally to Japan, Germany, uh, Brazil, and he's won everywhere. He says, I don't care if you compete or not, just come here and train. He goes, all I ask for you to do is come here and train. And you will, you will, you will get the results you want. He goes, you want to compete? Great, compete. But if you don't want to, it's not a regu- it's not a, r- a rule here. So, like for me, 
with my students, you know, same thing. I, I, I try to make it a fun environment. I, you know, especially with the adults, you know, cut up a little bit here and there because it, it can't always be serious, right? You want to go there. You want to have a good time. So, and I tell my students, like, someone's like, well, I want to compete. Okay, why do you want to compete? Is it because you think you have to compete or is it you just want to do it? And some guys are like, well, I, I, I think competition helps you get better. And it does. It does. Let's face it. A blue belt that competes all the time compared to a blue belt that doesn't is going to be at a different level. But I don't press that on anybody. Uh, I just want them, like I said, I want them to drill, have a good time. Uh, feel free to ask any questions. Don't feel like there's any pressure on you. And again, enjoy the process because it will come. So. No, agreed. Agreed. And for all those people out there that are stuck in those environments, there's there's too much good jujitsu out there today. There's too many great professors like you, Jerry, out there today that that can help you with your journey. Don't don't get stuck in that. If you're listening to it, you're going through similar things. Get out. I mean, find another place. Go train there, because I I can tell you it's not those. I can't even believe that they exist anymore, but they still do. Yeah, I mean, and that was a long time ago, and you know, he's that other guy. He's still running a successful school, and I hey, listen, more power to him. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody. I just, I did what was best for me, and I got up and I left. And you know, Patrick, my professor has been not only my friend, but I, I even told him when he came to do a seminar just a couple of weeks ago. I said he's been my friend. He's been a mentor to me, and for that, I'll, I'll be forever grateful. You know, because I literally was on the the verge of quitting. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah. And because you made that change, it did. It probably reignited your passion for jujitsu. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Phil, what else? No, I I like that answer a lot, though, because, I mean, I I love competition. I love the idea of it. I don't do it every weekend. I do it a couple times a year and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it does make you better. I think everybody should do it. But I think when you're training, there needs to be times for that. And then there needs to be a lot more time that's not that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, everyone has their own reasons, right? Uh, whether, like I said, whether it's they get in shape or, or, or you know, they, they feel they, they get better or they, they just want to come and have fun. And that's another thing we were talking about recently, too, is how the like jujitsu can always be there, but the goals are going to change. Mm-hmm. He started to get in shape. Then he wanted to win a competition. Now he's just trying to figure out how to sweep somebody or something. What are you trying to figure out now? Um, everything about jujitsu, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, major goal changes. Like at first for me, I was basically looking for a hobby. Like three weeks in, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to compete at some point. Like I'd right. love competition. It didn't and take me long for that. But. I get that. I've got, like I said, some guys, they come in, walk into the door, scared. Next thing you know, they love jujitsu and, and they're training. They're training. Hey, hey coach, do you think I do a tournament? Absolutely. I'm which tournament do you want to do? I mean, we, I'm pretty, we're pretty fortunate in Dallas area, man. We have tournaments like pretty much almost every weekend. Oh, I'm it's, sure. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and good, good venues too, you know? So like I said, but it's never, I never push it. I, I want my students to have a good time. It's actually funny now. Cause I remember asking John about competing for the first time. And it was like, almost like a weird question to ask where I was kind of nervous about what he might say. Like he might just be like, well, you're white belt and you suck, so probably not. You know? <laughs> but like, obviously, it's not what they're gonna say. And like, looking right, back, right. I'm just, I'm actually thinking about it now. I haven't thought about it in forever since you just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I remember asking for the first time, and he's like, "If you're gonna compete, I recommend you do it as soon as possible because experience is what's gonna matter." And I've found that to be the truest, one of the truest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, whenever, 
and I'm interested in this because I have my own thoughts on it. Um, but what do you tell someone whenever they say, Hey, Hey professor, when should I compete? And I, I want to compete. When should I compete? I, I tell them when you feel comfortable, I don't give them time frames, you know, cause you, you know, like my, I got one guy, he can't, he wrestled in college. He competed within a month and he obviously did really, really well. Sure. Right. Uh, and not everybody has that pedigree, but, uh, I always tell them, Hey, when you feel you're ready, you enter in that tournament. And I, and, and if you, if there's something you want to work on, I will work on it with you specifically, you know, and if you have a lot of your classmates that want to compete at the same time, we'll, you know, we'll do a training camp. We'll have fun with it. Like how you, I used to do when back, back in my other school, we'd do a training camp and we'd, we'd roll jujitsu for, you know, like hours. Then we'd go do, you know, workouts afterwards. And it was fun, man. I remember it was just so That's much awesome. fun, you know, doing that. But, um, I don't, I don't, I don't set a time frame. I tell them, Hey, when you're ready, when you think you're ready, if it's one month, three months, six months, a year, whenever you feel you're ready. So. Yeah. And, and so some, some of the other people in our, in our Academy, they asked me, they're like, when do you think I should compete? I said, well, you're thinking about competing, right? <laughs> right. They're like, yeah. I was like, then now's the time. <laughs> right. No, that's a great answer, <laughs> you man. Know? That's a really I mean, good if, answer. If, if, when do you, it, it, because it's so beneficial, you know, the, like you said, the benefits are well documented on competing. You see holes in your game. Yes. I mean, that's, that's where, that's where you, what, you get out of it you get that hey uh, first off a reality check yes you know that someone that's going 100 percent, which you rarely see i mean when you think about it when we're rolling 60 70 percent maybe max that we're gonna go right. and so that someone who's coming after you 100 percent, it's a whole other level right right and so just just having that having that experience having that um you know, oh shit, here it is. Yeah. Kind of thing. They grab onto that lapel and it's like, oh crap, <laughs> this guy means business. Different right? grip. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the one you're used to with your buddy smacking hand slap, bumping fists. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're not clearing that grip quite so fast. No. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that's, I think that's important. If, you, if you're thinking about competing, get out and compete. No, that's a great, an- that's a great answer. No, Thanks. seriously. Uh, because like I said, if you're thinking about it, then it's, it's, you, you need to do it. Agreed. Agreed. And again, the benefits are, are, are phenomenal. It, right. it really And I think what John says is like competing every match you compete is like 10 classes. I think that's what he told I've me. I've heard that some, I'm not sure if it was I think John. he told I, me that I definitely one time. would agree with I him. do make up numbers on the spot sometimes. All the sometimes. time, yeah. yeah. And quotes. But, so that might not be completely accurate, but I think that's around what he said. So you think about it, I mean, that's, that's a great experience. Um, Jerry, anything, uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, want to train with you, want to just check out where you're at and what, what you're doing, uh, where can they do that? Uh, we on uh, Facebook, obviously, Wolfpack MMA Forney. Uh, you can contact us anytime. Um, I have an email. I mean, if you want me, I no, no, you don't I'll have to put it that. Uh, I, can, I can put your Facebook page in the put show Facebook. Notes. Yeah. Wolfpack yeah. MMA Forney and, uh, give us a shout you know we we're usually pretty good about answering um, any kind of messages right away yeah no appreciate and appreciate you having us uh, or coming on the show with us and phil if our listeners choose to support us how can they do that bjjcampaignpodcast.com t-shirts patches or a combo pack and combo pack is fire it is very true 
facebook.com slash BJJ campaign podcast. Join the group. If you have, for some reason, have to request access to it, just add me or Jeff and we'll invite you to the group. Uh, it should be open. And Instagram, we're at the uh, Origin Immersion uh, Jiu-Jitsu Camp this week. So follow us on Instagram at BJJ Campaign Podcast. And also, uh, if you like the podcast, uh, you probably do jiu-jitsu and you probably have friends who do it as well. Uh, send them a link to it. You know, share it with them. Uh, trying to grow this thing and, and appreciate all the listeners. And last but not least, if you're not out there doing something better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil, Jerry, myself, we choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks, go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.